Good morning. It's a great morning in real estate. However, right off the bat, I want to call this out that our hopes and prayers are with the people of Ukraine. What a disaster going on, a travesty going on, and our hopes and prayers are with them. Okay, real, for real estate, what's our, our topic today? <laughs> what's our topic? Our topic today is, are you pre-qualified yet? How often do we ask our, our buyer, are you pre-qualified? It's like one of the first questions. And of course, right away out of their mouth is, what does it mean to be pre-qualified? Why would I bother with that? Or you might have a seller that has to sell their home that you know they're going to get a, a nice chunk out of that, but not enough to pay the house off. And we'll say, are you pre-qualified? Oh, I'll take care of that afterwards. Uh, it, it'll all be later. Isn't that the common answer that all of us are getting on the on this topic of pre-qualification? I'll just, you know, when it comes time, if I'm interested in a home, I'll go ahead and handle that later. And we all just seethe inside. We're almost dying, realizing because you're up to speed with the market. You understand the market. You understand we're in a seller's market. You know what's going on with the, you know, 20 offers on a house. And you're thinking, oh, no another one that we're going to have to lose, you know, several deals before they realize what happens. Well, we need to be better than that. We are the professionals and we can be better than that. We can advise our clients. We can bring them up to speed. You're the one with the knowledge, skills, and abilities, and we can bring them up to speed. And there's a manner in which and on how to do it. Good morning. Welcome to Real Estate Daily with your guru. I hope you've all got your cup of coffee because you're going to need it this morning. We're on for a wild ride on, on pre-qualifications. Also, here in the Columbia River Gorge, where, where, where my home and studio is, we have snow on the ground. Here it's late February. I thought we were heading into an early spring. And here we've got snow on the ground this morning. Let me sip a little bit of the Black Rifle coffee this morning. Loving it. And I hope you've got your coffee rolling. Also, take a moment. Hit that like button. I would love it if you would hit, hit the like button. I, it, it just kind of lightens up my day for you to hit the like button. Also, if you would make a comment and let me know what kind of shows are you looking for in the future, as well as how do you deal with the pre-qualification problem when you show up and you, you know, you're getting to know, know a seller that's going to buy some, so they ultimately are a buyer, or you have a, a, a buyer, probably, in my opinion, the easiest one to deal with is the first-time buyer program because they, they take advice so much easier. It's the ones that don't take the advice easy and question everything. And that's the ones we're dealing with this morning are the ones that are skeptical to your advice. So... Dealing with skepticism this morning, <laughs> you know, offer and pre-qualification and uh, offers without a pre-approval. Is there any chance? So what you want to do is you want to put up what we call the straw man, the, str the straw man argument. And you say, you know what, if we found the perfect home for you today, 
because they're wanting you to go around and take a look at some things. Uh, how much would that cost? And they're always going to banter back and forth because people want to pay as less as possible. Me too. But by the way, it's going to cost something. So just play the straw man. Let's just say we, we found the perfect home for you. And the perfect home for you ended up at $400,000. By the way, you can afford that, right? Well, I think what would the payment be? Oh, payment. You, you want to know payment. Well, you know, there's a process that we can get to know about payment. And by the way, you're going, going to, because you're going to showcase your knowledge here. You need to know the payment based upon PITI, P-I-T-I, not just the P-I. A lot of lenders will try to sell a loan to them just based upon the principal and interest alone, knowing that the taxes and insurance, that's the other two parts of the pity, are part of the payment. So you always want to ultimately get that, that payment from the lender with the full pity. You, you'll want the PI and the, and the other TI part, but you'll want the whole thing rolled together so that you know what it really looks like. Oh, and by the way, I, I, I've got an answer for you. You asked what, what, what the payment's going to be. We're going to go through a process called pre-approval. Let's talk to a lender and find out what your payment is actually going to be. Well, this is beginning to dig under the skin of the question, why get pre-approved? Why get pre-qualified? We begin to dig under the skin because we need to put knowledge in the buyer's hands. It's not just, see, they always think that the pre-qualification, the pre-approval stuff is all for us because we don't want to show homes to people that are not pre-approved and pre-qualified and you know, all, all, all of that stuff. That, that is absolutely not true. It's absolutely not true. In fact, I've told people, slow down. You probably, after, after a few homes, do need to make sure that people get pre-approved. That, that's a good idea. However, what I have seen in the industry is people are willing just to keep showing homes. What we need to do is honor the buyer and bring them up to speed with knowledge and be honest about What's happening when you when the seller gets an offer in without a pre-approval attached to it? Let me tell you, in a seller's market where they're getting 20 offers on a home, it's dead on arrival. Woo, that's tough. It's dead on arrival. Let me slow down this morning and take a cup of, drink a sip of coffee here. dead on arrival. This is the conversation that you've got to have with your buyer. You found the perfect home. It's good enough for you to put an offer in. That means you're serious about the home. What happens when the when the offer arrives and it has no pre-approval? Or I've had people say to me, and I'm sure you as well, and I'd like to hear from you in the comments, oh, I'll get pre-approved as soon as I get the offer. You know, that's a wonderful thing to have happen if you're in a buyer's market. If you're in a buyer's market, you can do a lot of things like that. You can say, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm interested. If, even in a buyer's market, you're better off to go get, get the pre-approval in advance. But in a seller's market where there's 20 to 1 people that are going to buy the house, you got a bunch of offers coming in, 
It's every single house is a competitive marketplace. You've got to get your buyer up to speed. But how you explain it to them has to be, you know, old fashioned benefits and features for the buyer. That's how it always is. Think about yourself going to a car and we're not car salesmen. Before I start getting the, 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 the comments in, how dare you call us car? We're not car salesmen. However, there are some aspects of sales that goes across the board. And that's talking about benefits and features. When you go to buy that wonderful new car, they're not talking price to you. They're talking benefits and features because they want to use it somewhat as a distractor. They want your heart to be sold on the product that you're getting. Okay, well, we can, we can borrow from that industry a little bit. It's all right. That's a good industry. We can borrow some, some skill sets. Well, if we borrow that skill set, part of the benefit and feature that we're going to offer is our knowledge and acumen of the real estate industry. And part of your knowledge is, is preparing the buyer to win an offer. That's, that's right. It, it boils right down to that. It, it gets that core. It is preparing our clients to win. Why do I want them to win? Well, first of all, of course we want to win. We all want to win. But I want you to win personally because it's building your business. It's making you look good in front of the client. And on the backside, coming back at you in a few years are going to be all of those wonderful referrals by making this client so happy. That's what you want. In a short amount of time, you want to be living on referral business and not new fishing business. The new fishing business is the hardest business you'll ever go after. I don't care what coach you have. I don't care who's helping you. It's the new fish that's the hardest part of this business because you got a lead that comes in. It takes so many leads. I don't care who you are. And even the best of it, you know, you're not going to get them all. And you have a process you're going to go through of attaching yourself and understanding them, getting into their head on motives, intent, making sure that you understand their needs, start showing them homes, get them pre-qualified. There's a whole process to the relationship. But once you have the relationship and you're showing somebody something, don't hold back on your knowledge. Your knowledge is key to turning the final doorknob of ownership. Wow, I should coin that. <laughs> Good morning. Let me take another sip of coffee. All right. One of the processes that gets solved with the discussion about being pre-approved is who will be on the loan. And this, this discussion needs to happen in advance because people will think all the time that, that they're going to have someone on the loan. I'm not talking the title here, guys. I'm talking who's going to be on the loan. People will think that someone can be on the loan that simply can't be on the loan or doesn't make sense from the lender's 
perspective to be on the loan. Now, this discussion needs to happen with your lender, but it is absolutely a discussion you need to prepare your buyer for. If they're not pre-qualified, they haven't had this discussion. They haven't even attempted the discussion about who's going to be on the loan. They may have added up two or three people's income, but maybe one of those people or more can't be on the loan for a variety of reasons. That needs to be resolved ahead of time. Who is going to be on the loan? That becomes very critical. Okay, so how will you hold title is the next thing. So first, who's going to be on the loan? Next, in the offer process, you don't want to be 11 p.m. at night and then having to call them up and say, oh, hey, I'm filling out that paperwork for the offer and I don't understand how you want to be on title. Now, I know you can't, you don't want to be getting in the middle of practicing law. You're just trying to answer a question on the offer as to how are they going to hold title. And it can be changed later, but you initially have to submit something. Are they going to hold it jointly with their spouse? Is it going to be individually? And the title can be held differently than the people that are on the loan. You can hold title with generally anybody. And a lot of people don't understand that process because they'll say, well, if they can't be on the loan, I guess they can't be on the title. And that is a discussion you need in advance. But going through the pre-qualifying process allows you, you to dig deep into these other details. So when it comes time to make an offer, you are ready to go. And that's what you want. You want to be ready to go to write. We are in a competitive market. We're trying to build your business. We're in a competitive market. And you need to understand exactly where your client is at. And your client, at the end of the day, at first, they, they may even act annoyed about this. But it's a, it is your job to show them the features and benefits of this discussion because this discussion is going to happen no matter it's when it happens and if they're not pre-qualified in this hot market almost every one of those offers are dead on arrival no matter how good they are no matter they, they could be the top offer coming in but when they're sitting there with 20 offers and then, and all the other ones have pre-qualification letters and the lenders calling them and talking to them about how good that client is and that they can easily close this deal. And your person has submitted a great offer, but nothing backing it for proof of funds. That's a problem. You have put yourself and your client in a detrimental position by not having the conversation ahead of time. And that is something I don't want you to do. I want you to be ahead of this and have the conversation well ahead of time. Let me get another sip of coffee here. All right. What does it take to get pre-qualified? What is the process? 
Let's slow it down a little bit this morning. Love it if you'd hit that like button. If you're over on the YouTube platform, and, and right down here, we have a link in the banner to the YouTube platform, or it's the platform, <laughs> the YouTube channel, where all the videos are, are at, the hundreds of them, because we're live every day. Go there and hit the subscribe button. By hitting the subscribe button, you become a Guru member and opens up all of the Guru member events to you directly. And, and just as a bonus, you will get notification of them, of the Guru member events, and you will have additional features and benefits sent your direction. All right. So what does it take to get pre-qualified? Well, we have to come up with a down payment. How are we going to deal with the down payment? The down payment is one aspect that has to be discussed. It's probably best discussed with the lender, but you're eventually going to have to know it because it has to go in the offer process. Now, zero is fine. I don't care if the down payment is a zero. But the down payment and the loan type must match. What? You are the professional. I believe strongly in you. But we have to bring our buyers up to speed. They're not thinking about this. They're not thinking every day about real estate the way you are. Your head is in the game. You went and got licensed. Your head's in the market. You understand what's happening and the processes. They don't get it until it's explained to them. People are dumb by no means. They will easily get this, but it needs to be brought up to them. Like they might say, well, I'm going to do a zero down, down, down payment. Great. Let's make sure that our financing package allows for a zero down payment. For example... If you're in a conventional program that requires 3% or five, whatever it is, 3%, 5%, there, there, there's many programs out there, then you can't put a zero. You have to put down what the, pro, what the loan product agrees to. So these products, pieces have to be in agreement with each other. If you're on a veterans program that allows for a zero down payment, or a USDA program, and the house qualifies for it, the area qualifies, well, then you can put down zero. That's fine. But they have to be in agreement. Putting down zero and the loan product doesn't match, that's not going to cut it. So first thing, to get requalified, you have to decide what is your what kind of loan are you going for, and is there going to be a down payment of some sort? Now, for most of these things, there is a down payment. But we do put first-time home buyers at homes all the time on a zero down. And, and I know you do as well. Just pointing out, you have to have the down payment discussion. Paired with the down payment, because people, here's what people hear. Put in the comments what you believe they hear, by the way. Here's what I believe people hear when they when you say, well, it's a zero down payment. They believe they're getting into the home for zero money. Isn't, isn't that it? 
I would love to hear from you in the comments. Hit the like button. Give me a comment. What do you believe that the general population that doesn't know about this or hasn't thought about it, what do you think they think is happening to their pocketbook when you when you say, oh, I've got a zero down payment program? I believe, as your guru in real estate, that the general population is saying, oh, I get in for nothing. They're not thinking that there's other fees. Now, you know, as the professional, there are other fees and you're going to have to bring up closing costs as part of this process. You're going to have to bring up inspection fees as part of the process, appraisal fees as part of the process, and other incident, incidental things like prepaid taxes, which can also be rolled into the loan. But it, it, these things have to be talked about. All right, so credit score, my, they'll say, well, my credit score, I don't think it's good enough. That's the typical thing on credit score I hear, by the way, is I don't think my credit score is good enough. You know, it doesn't take a credit score of 860 to buy a house. Let's just be, you and I both know this, but we need to talk to our people about it. It doesn't take a credit score of 860. In fact, it doesn't take a credit score of 760. Now, we would love it if they have a credit score of 720, but you can usually do one for 680. We've even closed some deals considerably with, with credit scores considerably less than that, even closing down on the high 500s. Now, there, there are some, some hiccups and some problems in there for sure, the lower you get. Nevertheless, you don't have to have a credit score of 860 to, to pull this thing together. A lot of people think, well, if I don't have perfect credit, then, then no one's going to loan to me. In fact, my understanding of this is there is limited benefit in the lending process to having a credit score anything above 720. They're just, you know, it's wonderful that you have it. There just isn't any additional benefit to it. You're not going to get, you know, better rates or better service or better customer service. <laughs> Things like that. I would love it if you're getting better customer service for, for sure. Okay. So what else, what other kind of docs are you going to need to make this happen? So you went through this, you've discussed, you've discussed the down payment, you've discussed the, cl the closing cost problem, you discussed these different pieces that are out there. Are there other docs that are needed? Yes, and I know you know this. There are absolutely other docs, but we have to prepare our clients and we have to prepare them with, you're going to need access to your last year's taxes. And by the way, on taxes, if you are up against a new tax year, yes, they're going to want you to file. Absolutely. And if you if you own your own business, you're going to have to show P&Ls. Profit and loss quarterly statements. This shouldn't be surprising to anybody, but it does tend to be surprising somehow that you have to show if you're in business for yourself, if you're a 1099 employee, otherwise known as a you know independent contractor, that's what we know as a 1099, you're going to have to show PLs, profit and loss statements. That doesn't mean that you're not going to get to buy a house. Not at all. It's just a different process. For most people, 
showing the taxes is going to be enough on that side, but they're also going to have to show current and past bank statements because they're going to go through the bank statements and look for anomalies as to where did your money come from? Oh, all of a sudden your bank account went up by $30,000. Why? Well, mom and dad gave me gave me a $30,000 check. Well, you're going to have to get the the lender on board on the correct paperwork and tracking these funds. Because funds can't come out of nowhere, even from family. Now, family can gift family money. Absolutely. People can gift each other money. But it has to be tracked. It has to have the correct paperwork with it. It can't be a loan. If If it's a loan, that's a completely different thing. If it's a loan, it's a completely different thing. So what are the kind of docs are needed? Well, taxes for sure. Possibly P&Ls. Possibly. If if they're an independent contractor and in business for themselves. And other documents of bank statements. These things we know across the board. All right. What else? What are some things that you should be advising your client not to do? Because there are a host of them. And we've all had our clients. We're right up there at that door of closing a deal. I think it was about three years ago. I had a deal. Great house. Looked for a long time for this person to, with the, to find the correct house for, for him and his, his several kids. I mean, why Simpson coffee. We found the house. He was excited. We had an offer in on it. We went to look at the house one more time while the offer was pending. The the seller was happy about the offer. Nothing signed yet. And it's a good thing because he rolled in in a brand new $60,000 truck. And I said, where did that come from? That's a beautiful truck. I love it. Love big trucks. But do you own that? Did you own it before? Oh, no. I just went and bought this three days ago. Right after we met last, I went to the dealership. I needed a new truck and signed on the dial. Have you told your lender that you're doing this? And the answer was no. And I knew at that moment our deal was dead. Credit scores took a dive. Debt to income took a dive. Huge problems. So of things you don't want them to do. You don't want them to take on any major purchases. No major purchases. A $60,000 vehicle for most of us in our income strata, that's a major purchase. That's a big deal. The bank's going to want to know something about it. It's likely to hit our credit score, you know, quite a bit. And beyond that, it is a huge change for most of us on our DTI, our debt to income ratio. You would have to have a rocking debt to income to all of a sudden go take on a $60,000 car debt and not change your DTI too much that the bank wouldn't be worried about it. You're going to want to have the bank on board. What we tell people is wait until you buy the house. Can you at least wait? Let's close. And I don't mean get an accepted offer. 
Wait until we have closed and recorded. Now you've closed and recorded. Go to the car lot, buy whatever you want to buy. But you've got to wait until you've closed and recorded. Any kind of payments that your your client's planning to make that are going to be payments over time is going to change their debt to income. Now, continuing to make payments on time. I can't believe that I have to advise people of this. They'll say, well, you know, I I decided to be late on this one and, and, and late on. It immediately impacts credit score and is difficult to deal with. Advise your clients to continue making even their utility bills on time. Incredibly important. All right, let me hit one more here. And that's no change of job. Don't change your job. I've had this happen several times. I'm, I would love to hear from you in the comments on this. Have you had somebody all the way up to closing nearly and they decide to change jobs? Now, I've had it had people change. They're within industry and nursing position to another nursing position. And we were able to patch it together. They were able to join those and, and tack them together. But if you're changing categories of jobs, it's going to be a big problem. That's why we take time to have the conversation with our clients about pre-qualification process because you get to put out all these fires ahead of time. Join us in our coaching programs so we can help you build your business bigger than ever before. We have one-on-one coaching programs. We have a course. You don't want to do one-on-one coaching programs? We have a course that is on fire. Go through the course and build your business. The skills needed in the year 22 are different than in the past. You still have good skills from the past. We need to resharpen them with the skills of today because it's different today. Let's build your business. One of my personal goals is building your business bigger than ever before. This is Real Estate Daily. I'm your real estate guru. And today we've been talking about pre-qualification and I'll be talking to you shortly.